to you by Yuna's broken ACL. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> no. Welcome to Tools Day, <laughs> a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at uh, around 2 o'clock, probably. Sometimes on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Uh, probably 20 minutes. But probably We're gonna not. We're going to try to keep <laughs> We always try to keep it in the 20-minute uh, continuum or 20-ish, like 20 to 30. Uh, this topic is very specific. Um, today we're talking about Git tools. Oh, man. I missed my cue right there. It's fine. Let's keep going. No, I, I didn't do the correct <laughs> cue either. <laughs> we're talking about Git tools. Um, I'm your co-host, you. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and we're a mess, but it's fine. Um, ukulele just tossed to- everyone off. Like, wow, <laughs> ukulele. <laughs> we're going to have a lot more music now in the show, so get excited. Um, so this show is about something that is pretty specific, but it's something that we use every day. So it's kind of good to kind of like talk about our different tools that we use. Um, any kind of fun things that you might learn about could really change your workflow, and you're probably using this all the time, especially if you work on any kind of team, uh, any level of development from back end to front end, even designers. I've worked with designers on GitHub a lot before. So hopefully you can get something out of the show and uh, have like a little tidbit to take home. Little tidbits, all right. Little tidbits. Um, so what is Git? <laughs> what is Git? Um, this is a great theoretical philosophy. No, Git is a... Um, Version control system. And so if you've never heard of Git before, um, it's basically a way to keep track of all the changes you make to your files in a kind of an ordered, distributed way. So you may have he- heard of um, S- or CVS before. Sorry, CVS. SVS. SVC. SVC, that's the one. Or uh, Mercurial. Um, these are all kind of older version control-, control systems that were always stored in one spot one source of truth with git it's called this distributed version control system and many sources of truth and long story short it's a version control system yeah it allows you to have different uh copies of your files so that like you can go back to previous versions like you can undo you can um share code among different people you have a separate repository where you keep your code and you can keep separate versions of your code and all these different commit levels. Um, so it really makes development much easier. I have no idea how I used to code before I started using GitHub, like, at all. It's just so essential. You'd have that Dropbox sync, and then somebody would overwrite your files, and you'd be so sad, like, oh, no. That sounds oh. so terrible. And also, <laughs> I, I use Git for even, like, deploying things now. Yep. Um, and that's, like, a big part of my workflow. I, like, once upon a time used to use, like, FileDuck, or was it... Cyberduck, yeah, and yeah. I would FTP, like, FTP into my server and like put code up there that I was like copying and pasting from my local system and it took forever. 
Um, things have gotten better. Things are looking if up. If you're currently still using Cyberduck or FileZilla or any other FTP client to upload your site, consider a change. Consider Travis CI. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we should do a show about that because we recently changed our uh, setup uh, for this. Yeah, we actually use CircleCI, but you know, it's we put it off so much. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Git tools. Uh, what are your what What does your Git configuration look like? Anything fancy? That's a good question. Um, I ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I know that I have my login inside my Git config. How do I find it? Is it just in my root folder? It's in your dot files. If you have a if you have a dot files folder, or your root folder, uh, your home folder rather. I need to find my Git config because I'm not sure where I keep it and where I sourced it from. All right, well, oh, here it I, is. Found oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay, it's, it's exactly what I thought it was. It's literally just my username and email. Oh. And then I have my global git ignore. Okay. Um, uh, which I'm ignoring which are... a bunch of things like DS stores and um, package files like zips and tars and jars and compiled source things like exe and .com and that kind of thing. Um, and then SAS cache and npm logs. Yeah, so that's the thing. Sorry, I'm like to... looking through this now. <laughs> like, wow, what do I have in this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing I didn't know you could do for the longest time. It was only like two years ago where someone was like, hey, why don't you have this global Git ignore? And I was like, what does that mean? Um, so it's really nice because before I would have to go to every project I had and toss in this, hey, please ignore the DS underscore store file. Uh, which is the Mac. Oh, that used to be the worst. Yeah, it's this thing. And then you're like, wow, this is the dumbest thing. But no, you can actually do it at your home folder and have it cascade out to every project. And so if there are things you always want to hide, like DS Store, like the Thumbs DB cache file or SAS cache, um, make it get ignored. It will it'll make your life a little bit easier. Yeah, I completely forgot that I had this because when I set up my new computer... A year ago now, I have this dot .files on GitHub, um, so I just kind of copied and pasted my dot .files, like didn't even think about it twice. So this configuration I haven't really touched in, I guess, three years now. Wow. And I just kind of copied it over to my new system. Um, yeah, files haven't really changed much. What am I ignoring here? SAS cache, npm debug log. Um, DS store is the big one, really. You don't need SAS cache anymore because that's a Ruby artifact, right? The new node cache. Right, and see, system. this is this is yeah. exactly evidence that I haven't touched this in three years. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sashcast used to suck. Um, there's also, yeah. uh, beyond Git Ignore, there's a Git config file. And so in my Git config file, I have a ton of stuff. I actually just copied mine from Paul Irish, uh, which is really all my dot .files. I'm like, what did Paul Irish do? Can I just copy this? He, Paul Irish set up your computer. That's what he did. Uh, yeah. Paul, <laughs> my computer is basically, if, it's like, if it's good enough for Paul Irish, it's good enough for me. Um, oh, I totally <laughs> agree with that sentiment. <laughs> um, so Paul Irish has all these great things in his Git config. One, he has his aliases in here for Git config. Um, so like commit, pull, push, status, diff, log, checkout, merge, pull request. Um all these things are aliased inside of uh, the git config. So instead of commit, I say git c, and then um, Paul Irish has has the helpful thing if he just says commit dash am, which is all the files, and then give a message or comment with the commit. Uh, so okay, so I find this interesting okay. because I keep my uh, aliases in a separate 
file. Like I keep all of my aliases for all my terminal stuff um, that I, I wrote all these or found them on the internet myself and like just put them in that file. Um, so I, I have that in just my aliases.sh that's not that I Paul sourced. Irish way though. It's not the Paul Irish way. It's the Unicravitz TM way. Uh, no, um, I also have an aliases file, but all my Git aliases are inside of Git config. So I alias G for Git, but all the Git commands are aliased inside of Git config versus... That makes sense. I used to break mine up, and then for some reason I decided to get lazy and just threw them all in one aliases file, and I find it works marvelously well. <laughs> I mean, you... But that's not that's like anti-JavaScript way also, so... Yeah, modules, please. Don't you listen know? to me. Um, it's but, fine. Yeah. I have basically two GitHub um, aliases that I use, um, and one's a function. So the first one that I use, I call git pretty, and I just alias it to git-pretty. And what that does is it shows me my git log inside my terminal. Um, and inside of it, it just says git log, which is log. But it's hideous if you just do git log. You can't read it. So it's git log dash dash graph dash dash one line dash dash all dash dash decorate, which gives you like a beautiful timeline that you can see all the different um, branches and where your head is at, et cetera, and like the commit hashes in your terminal. I use that all the time. Um, and the second one that I use is called PRMe, and this I use all the time when I'm working on my own like open source projects like CSS Gram, where I get a bunch of um, pull requests that people are um, committing across forks because none of them are contributors on the repo. So what they've done is then they forked my repo, created a branch on their repo, and then they're submitting a pull request across forks. And I use a function that then lets me enter the ID of their pull request so then it fetches the origin of that pull request. It's it's kind of complicated to do that manually. So it's like git fetch origin pull slash the PR number slash head slash um, branch name. And then it checks it out. And then I can look at it locally. But all I have to do is say PR me 52 uh, gingham number three. And then I can look at like the third iteration of the gingham filter locally. And um, Interesting. That so I have a similar one called PR. Because I'm not uh, <laughs> as fancy as you know, PR me. It just says Git GPR, um, and what that does is that it looks at the so um, for my work stream is that I have we also use a forking work stream. So there's one source um, repository, and then um, all of us to contribute to the repository, fork it, and then make PRs back. Um, and we've all named the original upstream, original repository, the upstream repository. Um, and so what we've done is that we configured the upstream repository globally. So when we say GPR, PR number, it goes and fetches, similar to what Unit does, it looks at the head of the upstream repository and pulls down the current state of that PR. Um, so it does the same thing. I, th I think yours is a bit better than ours because ours pulls it from the upstream repo. It doesn't actually fetch the person's uh, origin repo, origin repo on their account. right? And so yeah. ours, if you if they update it, you have to do GPR again, and it redoes stuff. It doesn't. You can't say get update or get pull from the from their branch because it's technically not their branch. So I'll have to steal yours. Really, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'll share my dot files in the show notes so that you can see all of my dot files. Um, all at once, yeah, including get pretty and everything else that I have in there. If you want, yeah, um, yeah. So those are my aliases that I use, and like you were saying, it probably makes more sense to have them in your Git config file. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just didn't even think about that. Um, but 
yeah, here they are. I mean, I mean, I've talked about talked about this before, but my dot files are just a Paul Irish clone, and then I stripped away things that seemed really complicated. And I was like, what is what's he doing here? I, I can't understand it. <laughs> Delete it from here. Um, <laughs> That's how I code. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I also have some other nice things that Paul Irish has done, um, which is he's colored basically everything in Git. So kind of like how Yuna has Git. Prettify, um, mine is alias to git lg or g, git log, and so log itself colors graphs and prettifies the um, all the previous commits. Um, the entire UI is colored, and then I've I've set my git merge tool to kaleidoscope. If you've uh, what is that? Aha! So my first non-git tool, <laughs> uh, it's called kaleidoscope, and it's a diff viewer. So. Uh, so is this an application that you've downloaded separately of Git? Yes, it's not. Git? Yes, it's not a Git. Okay. It's not a built-in Git tool. It's a different application. Um, it's called Kaleidoscope. It is very expensive. Uh, it's like seventy-five dollars. Maybe it's sixty dollars oh. now. Oh. Uh, uh, but uh, did you buy that on your own? I bought this on my own uh, like four years ago, and it is. I mean, support the developers. Man. Yeah, no, I know. And they have built the best diffing tool on the market file comparison and it's actually super gorgeous um it's 69 dollars, not not 75 so you know that's five dollars cheaper Ooh, discount <laughs> discount there's a 15 day free trial but um if you ever need to compare large differences like sometimes you can just say git diff or you just when you merge in and you have conflicts it's easy enough to go into the terminal or the text editor of choice and see the differences but kaleidoscope makes this all makes it all very visual and very easy to see the changes. Sometimes when I try to track, you know, it says, oh, a head is here and the commit is here and you're trying to, you know, kind of mix and match and see what actually changed. Um, that gets difficult, but Kaleidoscope makes it easy. So Merge conflicts can be difficult, yes. but I must say, um, I... It's code. I <laughs> In, in my in the current state of Una explores all the text editors, yeah. I've been really enjoying like the built-in functionality with VS Code yeah. and Atom. They both have really good plugins that just come inherently that show you a visual diff. And I never used visual diff thing like for merge conflicts until I don't know five months ago, and it was fine. Like you, was it you fine though? It out. Was it fine? It, it, <laughs> Was okay, you're it? right. Like my world has changed. <laughs> it is so nice to have visual diffs. Yeah. It is so nice, but um, I don't know. I feel like it gives you the basics. It shows you in like green and red what has changed, like the differences. This has purple uh, as well, though. So that's pretty critical. <laughs> Pay for the purple. Um, <laughs> I believe you. Like I believe that it's much prettier because the text editors I've been using could definitely use some design work on the diffing. Um, so kaleidoscope you right now because it's just it's just, it's just like <laughs> Chris is trying to sell me on this so hard. Right it, it, it like changed my, the first time I, I used kaleidoscope. I was like, wow. Okay, I'm Wait, gonna look at the it. wrong wrong link. Sorry. That's, okay, tell me about your other tools because I don't really use many okay. additional tools. All right, uh, I actually talked about my other tool in the last episode. Uh, oh, and they loved for it for Windows, but uh, Git Tower is my other tool, and so. Um, when I first joined a team using Git, um, we were using this thing called Git Flow, um, which is this like there's a development branch, there's a master branch. You make hot fixes, between two. There's a feature branch. There's this very specific workflow with Git Flow. Um, 
which is a little bit different than the normal um, way of using Git. And it took a bit of time for me to comprehend it, but Git Tower has this out of built out of the box. And so if you're in a team that uses Git Flow, um, Git Tower, which is an application, automatically recognizes this and lets you make these kind of semantically named branches uh, that matches up to your workflow. And so that was a big, big help for me. And you probably do want to use some kind of semantic naming convention for GitHub. Yes. Um, I, I use GitFlow at work now, and I only know that it's called that because I used it when I was at IBM. Oh. <laughs> but it's like the same thing. Nobody calls it GitFlow. Yeah. It's just like the common naming convention, yeah. um, which is like feature or bug fix. Yeah. Or um, there's like five different options there for yeah. the first one. And then it's we use the Jira ticket as a second option and then the name. Yeah. Like that's kind of a semantic name. And you know why? Because it creates these folders within your .git yeah. folder, which is an invisible folder inside of your repository that um, you have a whole folder of all your feature updates. You have a whole folder of all your um, uh, like bug fixes. I'm I'm forgetting the name of the other three. Uh, hot fix, bug, as... hot fix, feature. I forget them too. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just used to. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's probably how Tower works. It looks inside of that folder and pulls things out. Um, based on your common naming. Okay, here we go. Uh, so. There's a feature branch, there's a develop branch, there's a release branch, there's a hotfix, and there's master. That. Yeah. Sure. Also, I use updates sometimes. I use updates. You're breaking the but system. Again, you're you can, breaking you can, the system, Yuna. I am, but <laughs> but sometimes you're just updating. It's not like feature. It's just like, you know, um, what if it's copy update? It's a fix. You know, it's what a, do you call it's that? A fix? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's not a hot fix. Uh, maybe it is. Um, anyway, I feel like it doesn't have to be specifically flow. It yeah. could probably just recognize any kind of naming convention there. Yeah, so that's for branches. Um, we also recently introduced a naming convention for our commits as well. Um, and so we use something called the Angular Commit Convention. Um, Angular. Yes, it was first made in Angular. And then everyone was like, ah, this is pretty incredible. Uh, we'll use it too. Um, those teams, so what it is is that you have basically five or six hot word, hot, uh, keywords like fix, feature, performance, docs, chore, um, and there's one other which I can't remember right now. And then you have a scope, so you say fix, and then parentheses the scope, like fix the table element, um, and parentheses colon, and then the, the description of your fix, right? Um, and so now every one of our commits now um, is required to conform to this standard. We use this tool called Husky, as well as a another tool called um, Validate Commits. Um, so Husky is as a post hook to saying git commit, um, and in that post hook we run a tool called Validate commi uh, Validate Commits, which which says if your commit message is not in this format. It just errors out that you commit and you can't commit to the repo uh, or to your branch. That's a really nice, uh, clean way to write commit messages. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's so nice. And the big thing with this is that uh, we're moving to this thing called semantic release. And this is more of a workflow thing. Um, but what it does is that whenever somebody merges a commit to master under this commit convention, uh, a release is automatically published to NPM. And release docs are automatically written. And it says, you know, fix. Oh, what are you using for this automation? It's called semantic release. It's another tool. Um, 
So this is another separate downloadable yeah, tool, tool called, that you have running in yeah, your system. Yeah, semantic release. Or is it a module that you have within your um, application? It's it's something we, we it's a, you install to your application, but it's, it's really um, a set of scripts that hooks into a CI system like Travis or Circle or what have you. Um, it says, okay, so I see that you've made a commit to GitHub. Um, with that, I'm gonna kick off a Travis push. And then after Travis push is finished, I'm going to use the GitHub API to write release docs, release notes for this um, latest release. And then I'm gonna NPM publish to the, to the, to the public registry. Um, Ooh, and so that's really nice. It's super nice. We're, we have been like kind of testing it out recently. We're going public in like five days. So it'll be uh, there then, but we've been testing it out uh, internally for a bit. And I'm so excited. Wait, what do you mean going public? Sorry, our so I work on this team called Carbon, and we build our design system for cloud, IBM Cloud, and our and our system is going uh, to public GitHub and public NPM very soon. Uh, oh, I'm so super, excited about this! Super excited for that. Um, Finally, something that I worked on a little while ago is going public. <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting to see it see its state now. It's it's much different than when you have. Um, this is gonna be cool. But uh, um. Yeah, and so this is a, this is a, this amazing Git workflow where everyone's required to make the same Git commit conventions, and that just powers everything else in this release pipeline. Um, and so, if you have not seen this before, I'll, we'll have this in the show notes. It's called Angular Commit Convention plus Semantic Release. Um, Kent Dodds had this great Egghead.io video about this. Um, it's kind of workflow which I which I found a couple of months ago and it's it's pretty awesome. So yes, that's Sweet. spiel. <laughs> we'll share that link to that blog post yeah. in the show notes and the link to um what was it called again? Husky and also Hus- there's Husky, there's valid commit convention valid commit valid commit um and then semantic release. Okay, semantic release. All um, right, all these things uh, dot files, there's so much to share. Yeah, no. I wasn't really <laughs> I didn't even know how deep we'd get into this good episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so, um, that's basically the sum total of my Git. I have these great Git aliases, I have my colored Git logs, I have Git Tower, Kaleidoscope, and then Angular Commit Convention and and Husky. Okay, I have one more thing to bring up that I think is, like, super cool and important. Um, what we use at DigitalOcean is uh, both PR templates and yeah. an owner's file, which are super awesome because like an owner's, if you have an organization, say like Aurora Infrastructure Engineering is the name of it, um, as an example, then whenever somebody submits a pull request on that repository, everybody inside of that um, organization gets an email and a notification. So you're, the owners, like you can set multiple people there, you get notified when it's like relevant. Um, and there's also a new thing on GitHub called pull request template. This also kind of came out middle of last year. Oh, wait, I have um, strong opinions about this. Oh, I really negative, like the pull request template. I have a template. negative opinion about this. Oh, I think it's great. Like we have a lot of commented out things and like it kind of just gives a nice order and organization to any pull request. And now whenever I start a new, even small project within DigitalOcean, I pull the pull request template oh, in as one of the first things. Never mind. I, I, agree with you. I agree with that template thing. I don't like the new GitHub pull reviews. Oh, no, I hate okay, those. Okay, great. I don't, like, they just... Drive me yeah. crazy. They. I have so many thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> pull request templates yeah, those are, great. are great. Yeah. And you can either put them in the root of your directory yeah. or put them in a .github folder. Yeah. 
Um, so now within this GitHub folder, you're probably going to like start seeing more configurations, I'm guessing, from the GitHub team yeah. that are going to come out. Because um, that's like kind of all I put in it. But they're really good to use. Uh, we don't have to get into GitHub uh, pull review. UI, UI issues. <laughs> oh, God. GitHub pull reviews are it's, so terrible. I, they could have been I great. Don't even want they could have been, it could have been the chosen been, one. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's so confusing because you have to like start a review and then add a comment, but you're not closed. Like, you're not finished the review. You have to continue to write all your comments and then hit finish review. It's just too much UI. And the worst part is it's that if buttons. you make a review and you finish a review and then somebody goes through and updates their code, the review does not update. It's like, oh, the review is still there. And still you have to go in and accept their changes. So that's even more work for the reviewer, which it shouldn't be. It should be the least amount of work for the reviewer. Like, I like the concept of, of, of like saying, hey, you, know, you, have to, you have to do these things and then blah, blah, blah. But like, it's just like, all right, sorry. This is not off topic. But like, it's, Maybe it's uh, just because we're old and grumpy and yeah. used to like the single comment review. I and I always use single comment. Same. My other issue with that is single comment is now like the third button instead of the first button. I know. I want to press button. enter and drop in a single comment. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh. okay. I can't wait to see Chris like in two weeks and just like totally bond over our hatred for GitHub um, in UI. I love GitHub. Here. GitHub, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say yeah. these things. I love you. It's good. It's good feedback. GitHub pull reviews. User feedback. That's us. We're users. <laughs> XOXO, I love you. <laughs> I actually matched with GitHub on Valentine's Day. Uh, last year, there was like a, like, who's your Valentine's Day match on Twitter? And I matched with the GitHub account. <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Single forever. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, on that on note. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> on that note. Thanks for tuning in. We're definitely over our 20 minutes again. Oops, y'all. Yep. Um, if you like this show, please rate us leave us comments on itunes tweet at us what your favorite tools are anything that we missed um always down to like discover new tools we've been getting some requests lately so maybe we'll do like a request show um we're gonna have a patreon yes so that we Very can soon update our uh gear it's a buy you know a mic uh patreon <laughs> patron buy me a better mic patreon <laughs> and also the hosting we we're, we're going to put it up soon, so watch out for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. And we'll catch you next week.